anything you can think of it's in the construction industry which is which is cool so i think a lot of people may not think about doing anything with construction in in fields that aren't aren't building something you're not a carpenter um or electrician or something like that but um you know we need those technology people we need that influx of of different perspectives and 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 things like that in the industry Hello, innovators. I'm Todd Wyant, and welcome to the Bridging the Gap podcast, sponsored by Applied Software. You're invited to join our MEP and construction innovation adventure with a mission to propel this great industry forward. My guest today is Shane Hedman, who is the creator of Construction Junkie. He has a strong passion for construction technology and safety, as well as sharing the knowledge and insights he has gained throughout his career as an active construction project manager. Welcome to the show, Shane. Thanks, Todd. And I, I guess I should say uh, congratulations to the uh, 2020 best podcast competition winner that I hold Thanks. every year. So not only did you win, you broke all the records. So we had, we had the most, um, most nominees this year and you guys had the most votes of any winner in any, in any of the past, uh, we had six competitions. I started in 2015. So congratulations nice. on that. And uh, well, thank you. Yeah, it speaks not only to your your show, but also the uh, growth of construction podcasting. Over yeah, the last for sure. Yeah, and thanks for for putting it on. It was a it was a fun, exciting little competition between the the construction podcast and yeah, um, yeah. So appreciate it. It's always fun when there's you know there's two contenders. You and Construction Brothers podcast are right right there neck and neck the whole time, and uh, yeah, you no, know, know they won in the bed, and uh, and uh, you came out on top. So. Unhealthy competition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was looking back at my uh, my first competition actually, which is 2015 when I started the started Construction Junkie, and um, I could only find four podcasts. I didn't do a nom- nomination page that year, so it was just yeah. anyone I could find, I nominated, and um, and then we held a, held a vote, and two of those four aren't around anymore, wow. and so there's only uh, two of those left. So it's a uh, you know, podcasting has been around for almost 15 years now. And, uh, it seems like construction's uh, getting in the game. Yeah. Solid now, so for sure. There's a, there's a bunch of construction podcasts around. Uh, well, it's interesting though, because, you know, podcasting as a platform, as you mentioned, it's been around for so long, but it seems like there's this big resurgency or, or new birth kind of, of, of podcasting. And now it's, now it's the cool thing to do and everybody has yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, I know it was like it was like everybody that didn't have a TV show had one and then now people that have TV shows have a podcast too. Yeah. And you know, but you can the great thing about it is you can find any niche you want in construction, not just construction, you can find construction technology obviously, um, you know, design. There's one just about Bluebeam. Like there's there's um any anything you want. And if you, if you can't find one, you can make one. And it's, you know, it's, that's the great thing yeah, about it. So for sure. Yeah. yeah there's, there's room for all of us in it too, because even if you're all focusing in on, you know, construction technology, there's so many different aspects and, and angles and lenses that you can, can look at that through. So it's, I, I listen to a ton of them. So it's, it's really exciting to, to see the different viewpoints that are out there. Yeah, it's great. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad more people are doing. I'm glad you know you're doing. You're doing your show, and uh, I think it help. I think it helps a lot. You hear people, different people's voice and perspective, and 
kind of stuff. So it's, I think it's beneficial for everybody involved. Yeah, agree. You know, I think it takes all of our collective voices to to help push the the industry forward and and where it needs to go. And um, I, I think even over the last couple of years, you're seeing a lot of really cool growth and and movement on that. Yep. Uh, so for those who don't know, let's uh let's back up. What is Construction Junkie? So Construction Junkie is my I guess blog. Um, I started in 2015. Um, I was a construction management major in, in college and I'm a project manager now. Um, so when I was in college, I was looking, you know, we'd have projects and I'd try to find some information. And, and back then, way back then, um, you know, we had, uh, everything was behind a paywall or you had to sign up for an account or get a magazine. And that really wasn't how the rest of the internet worked. Mm-hmm. So I had a, you know, idea and, and one of my, my best friend, um, you know, I talked to him about it a lot and he actually started it with me. And, um, uh, so what it basically is, is I find things that I think are interesting and fun and cool about the construction industry and I share them. So, so my, my background and, and my perspective is from that of a project manager. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that, you know, people, other people in the industry find that industry interesting and, um, that's kind of my angle. So I, I focus a lot on, on safety because I've had a safety um, training background the past few years, um, you know, project management tools, because everybody likes tools, <laughs> um, you know, major news stories and technology. Technology is a, a passion of mine. I've, I've enjoyed technology my entire life. And um, it seems like the construction industry is uh, in a bit of a tech boom right now. So it's been been fun to cover that as well. For sure. Yeah. 2020 has uh, really spurred on uh, technology adoption and, and digital transformation. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite part of, of running the construction junkie blog? Um, so I always say like, you can know a lot about construction, but if you venture anywhere outside of your little comfort zone, you don't know. It turns out you don't know anything. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, my focus has been on, on commercial retail construction, which is, which is a whole, you know, it's a thing of its own, but you know, there's so much to learn about infrastructure and manufacturing and um, you know, even residential, everything's different. So the coolest thing is, is learning uh, you know, the differences between projects, not only projects, but different companies, how they, how they interact. Um, There's, so many different methods and materials and, and things you never see, you might never see on, on the projects you're working on, but uh, other industries use them all the time. So mm-hmm. it, it's just an endless trove of information. And there's so much cool, so many cool things happening out there, not only just projects, but like I said, technology, uh, robotics and, and, and tools out there. It's just, there's so much, you, it covers like every industry, but you know, within itself too. So it's, yeah. And there, there's so many nuances there as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, you know, I've been doing this for, I've been, I've been in, in the industry for um, like eight years and I still like every day you, you learn something new, you learn a different way to do something. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's great. I mean, <laughs> it's, it makes it exciting. It's a, it's a challenge, but it's, it's, it's exciting. Yeah. So what are some, of the, the resources then 
that have kind of helped you along the way keep up with all the news and the trends because it's there's a lot <laughs> yeah so i use a lot of um uh feedly right now is is my my go-to so i can aggregate all of the industry news and things like that and google mm-hmm. alerts and um you know, it's interesting how many you just choose a buzzword and you, you have a google alert and you you know i read like 50 articles a day and uh you know wow. choose the ones that i think are interesting and, and something that could be learned something from yeah sometimes, sometimes it's just a bunch of fluff and you gotta get past those but yeah it's there's a, there's a lot out there and it's it's hard to hard to find the stuff that really is impactful yeah interesting uh so you, you said back in college you, you majored in construction management well what first it kind of attracted you into the industry so i actually i grew up wanting thinking i wanted to be an architect oh if i was uh <laughs> going over on the dark side there <laughs> I know, I know. so i don't know if i was uh maybe that was my little George Costanza in me, my, my art Vandalay uh, <laughs> inspiration. But uh, yeah, I wanted, I grew up wanting to be an architect and, you know, I got into architecture school and there's a lot more art in architecture than I was anticipating. So I'm not an, I'm not a good artist. I, I'm not, I don't have that. I'm, I'm creative, but I'm not like, I'm not like super creative. Um, so the program I was in was, was, was very creative and it was not, um, didn't align with how my brain worked. Yeah. So I was, you know, I, I started there and then um, later in my freshman year, I transferred into construction management. Cause was like, I, I really want the math and I want, um, I like, I'm I kind of entrepreneurial at heart. And the great thing about construction is every project is kind of its own little business. Mm-hmm. So you have to do all the, you know, the accounting, the budgeting, um, you know, make sure it's profitable, um, make sure, you know, you stay on schedule. So I, it was kind of a natural, natural progression towards that. I, I knew I wanted to build stuff and, um, you know, be involved with that process, but it took a little while to find the, the correct match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. The Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Applied Software. With solutions for the modern project, Applied Software is on a mission to transform industries by empowering clients and championing innovation with real-world expert consultants. Their comprehensive array of solutions for AEC, MEP, and manufacturing has a singular focus, helping you achieve higher performance. With software, training, support, consulting, and custom development, Applied Software has you covered. Visit ASTI.com and let them know we sent you. Um, what, what are some of the kind of the the biggest trends that you're seeing in the construction industry recently? So right now it's, um, obviously the, the pandemic is, is changing a lot of things quickly. Um, I've talked to a few technology companies and, and the biggest thing they're seeing is a a extreme jump in usage of their platforms. Mm -hmm. So, uh, especially, especially if they have um, uh, inspection forms, um, so safety inspections are big. Um, a lot of the 360 photo documentation programs are big. Um, obviously, Zoom meetings, Microsoft Teams, things like that. Anything you can remotely communicate. Um, mm-hmm. Those seem to be the biggest things right now, where you don't have as many people going to a job site, um, but you still need to communicate because these projects aren't stopping. 
in most cases. Mm-hmm. Um, but they got to keep going. And um, 360 photo documentation is perfect for that. Um, obviously, Zoom calls where you can you can meet like normal in a job trailer, but only have one or two people on site. Um, you know, and all the all the sub trades uh, dialing in remotely. Mm-hmm. So that's a big trend right now. Um, you know, AI is another great another great uh, trend. I think we're seeing a lot more of, and that was even before the pandemic. But the cool thing about AI is that we have, by by nature, construction has a ton of data that we collect, mm-hmm. but it's all in in recent past. It's it's all been paper and pen stored in a file. So as we move to as we move digitally, um, you're starting to see that data actually meet, start to mean something, mm-hmm. and AI is a great tool for that because I don't know how many people have the time to go through thousands of pages of documents, a spec book, um, you know, the spec book can be you know, four or five inches thick uh, or more. Um, you know, you got hundreds of pages of, of construction documents. Um, you got thousands and thousands of pictures to sort through and, and, and AI can kind of sort through that and format it for you in a way where, you can get you can gain data insights like you never have before. Mm-hmm. So, like for example, um, Struction Site is a three hundred and sixty photo documentation software. Um, open Open Space is another one. They both came out with with an AI powered um, progress tracking this year. So they're starting with both of them are starting with drywall and uh, framing because those are of of the trades. Those are the ones that are that are very similar, very standardized. Mm-hmm. I mean, framing looks like framing. You got steel, steel studs and, um, you know, wood studs and drywall is drywall. So, um, sure. those are the, those are the easiest places to start, but they're, but they're taking the pictures that you've already taken from your site and they're able to quantify how much has been done. So you can, you can either quantify that based on what your schedule is supposed to be mm-hmm. or, um, you know, just, just from a standpoint of how close are we to finishing? Um, how far do we have to go? You know, you can rely on, you know, people's word of, you know, what, what the sub trade says, but having data backing that up is, is even more powerful than that. Mm-hmm. Sure. And then, um, you know, object search is another one. Um, open spaces, open space has a, you know, a, a, you can just click around an object and it'll find other objects that are similar to that around the job site. Mm. So the, so what's cool about that is um, it's not only just, you can find things if you're, if you're missing them or wondering where they're at, but it shows you over time where those things have moved. So it gives you some indication of what progress you've made. So if you have, um, uh, if you, you can find like spools of wire. So if you can see that spool, the spool of wire has moved from, first floor to second floor to third floor. And then, or maybe you had five spools of wire three weeks ago, and now you only have two spools of wire. That means a lot of wire got pulled. Yeah. Um, So it's kind of another, another visual key for, for how you're doing. So you got multiple floors and, you know, several hundred thousand square feet. You know, there's a lot of stuff to be missed and, and that can give you a good indication of what's going on there. Yeah. That's interesting. Do you think the industry as a whole will, 
really kind of come to embrace AI or will it just be kind of selective innovators? I think we should. I I don't know. You know, I I think it's hard been hard enough to get people to adopt technology at all um, to begin with. It's just kind of, kind of crazy to me, you know, based on how everything else is, you know, we're, we, we tend to be, uh, we tend to be last in the progress uh, department, but um, I, I think we're making a lot of big strides. And I think as, as people start realizing the, the benefits of technology that uh, AI, is, AI is the obvious next step, because if you're just gathering a bunch of stuff and you can't find it or, or make any sense of it, then, um, you know, that you lose out on so much benefit mm-hmm. of that. So I think AI is just a, just a, it's a, it's just a great add on um, to the, to the actual meat and potatoes of, of a, a program, at least right now. Um, yeah. What do you think the hesitancy of the industry is to really embrace new tech? I mean, is it just a culturally that's the way it's kind of always been. So people are stuck in that or is there something I think it's a, I think it's a, there's a lot of reasons. Uh, one is obviously cost because overhead and construction is the, is the worst thing you can have. Um, yeah. you know, because how do you, how do you bake that into your, your bid? The low bidding process doesn't facilitate you spending money on things that are uh, quote unquote unnecessary. So that, that's a problem there. You have to, you have to determine that there's an actual ROI. There might be a benefit ad, but how do you determine that actually saved you money? Mm-hmm. So that's that's a hard one to to get to the cross. Is that the right? Uh, I agree with you. But is that the right kind of mental framework that people paradigm that people should be looking at it through? Because uh, that the benefit, you know, it, it might not have a hard quantifiable. Here's your your dollar that you're getting back. But if it has a big benefit to the team and it makes something you know more streamlined or processes more efficient that ROI is there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just like, it's, it's hidden kind of. Yeah. It's hard to, when you haven't been doing it for a hundred years and your company's been, been going on for a hundred years, it's hard to, it's hard to get that mentality shift. Yeah. That leap is a big leap. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's, it's one of those things where people have to start thinking about not just current ROI, but future ROI. Right. So if you're going to start losing projects because you're not, you're not up with the times you're still faxing and doing, you know, handwritten invoices, which are still prevalent, which is insane to me. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I get them all the time. I get faxes and I don't even get my fax number out. I mean, the fact I, that I anybody still faxes. Kind yeah, of no, I, like, <laughs> so, come on. There's, that's like six technologies back at least. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, handwritten invoices is like, how do you track that? How do you track that? How do you know what you're what you're actually spending, what's coming in. Some of these, some of these companies don't even know that they're where they're at until the end of the year. So, yeah. you know, th- I think there's, there's future ROI that people have to start uh, embracing too. Um, because I, I think people are going to know owners and um, even architects and engineers are going to start ex- expecting, um, expecting you to be able to do some of these things. So, so the, the, co- the upfront cost is, is one thing. Um, uh, you also have, you, you do have a little bit of, we've always done it this way. That's still kind of prevalent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's worked this way for this long and why, why doesn't it, you know, why can't we just keep moving forward? 
Um, I, another another big one is people in the construction industry are really busy. So in a lot of ways, adding technology seems like uh, more work for people, mm. whereas it may, it may not in the long term, but but adding technology to your current processes and then um, you know doing the training and follow up and changing people's mindsets and um, you know badgering people to fill stuff out reports and things like that they may may already be doing them but you know changing that changing their their typical process it, it takes a lot of time and, and a lot of effort mm-hmm. and sure you know when you know there's you don't just have one project going on typically you got two or three or four you know depending on your the size of them um so it's you got to find the right people that embrace it on on the site and and then if you can get those people to embrace it then you can start slowly spreading it i think a lot of people buy they'll they'll buy into some technology or a new product or something they'll have one person try it and they give it like they give it a try and they don't put much effort into it. And they say, oh, this doesn't work. And then mm-hmm. and they move on. Then it's a failure. Um, so it's, it, it's, it's hard work. It, it, you can't just throw new technology in there and expect it to, to work right away. You have to put a lot of time and effort into it. And um, you know, when you're working on working on a project, you got, um, you got a timeline, you got a schedule, you got a budget. Those are the most important things. And, and trying to fit something else on top of that can be, Mm-hmm. can be a struggle sometimes. Hey everyone, wanted to let you know of an upcoming event that you don't want to miss. I'm talking about the MEP Mastermind Series sponsored by Applied Software. Want a forum to get with other industry professionals to further help improve the MEP industry? This is the place for you. Join me on October 29th as I host Jake Olson, CEO and co-founder of Dado. You will remember Jake from episode 33 when we talked about the importance of a healthy culture to bridge the gap between the office and the field. Well, during MEP Masterminds, Jake will lead the conversation on the digital divide and when technology widens the gap between teams. Come learn and discuss best practices from across the MEP industry to help this. Looking forward to seeing you on October 29th at 4 p.m. Eastern. Go to asti.com slash MEP Masterminds for more details and to register today. See you then. Yeah, I, I think you definitely have to go into like a, a new technology implementation, eyes wide open, uh, and, and have it a well thought out process of this is going to take some time. We need to give it, you know, X amount of time to, to really get up on just the basics of the software before we yeah. start to see a lot of the, the efficiency gains I almost think, coming in. Yeah, I almost think it's sometimes it's easier to start a new business than <laughs> an old one, you know? Yeah, uh, it might be depending on who's there. You know, I think that that's a, a culture of, it, um, you know, it, it's, it's important to, to focus on the culture of innovation and that kind of growth mindset. If you have people that are very hard and set, this is the way we've always done it. Yeah. Good luck getting them to change. Yeah. You know, you're not. There was a cool article. Um, not the, I, 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 I wrote about an article a while ago about uh, reverse mentorship. Yeah. Which that was cool. A cool way to, to introduce technology. So, you know, you have these seasoned superintendents who are 
incredibly knowledgeable mm-hmm. with everything you know how to run a project and you know um you know all, all that kind of stuff um but they may not care about phones or tablets or or any technology that comes on so you, so in a sense the reverse mentorship is you take a a younger person that's just starting out who's well versed in technology they mentor the superintendent or the the foreman or the the um more veteran uh, project managers on how to use the program and in turn the those people mentor them on how to um you know professionally on on how to run projects and things like that so i thought that was a cool you don't you don't think about that very often a, a new person training a a veteran yeah uh, but sometimes that that would be what's necessary and uh yeah, I'm I'm all about that. I think that the more we can break down silos and communication barriers, uh, as well as getting the best of both worlds, because you have this great real world experience and expertise, and then you have some newer people come into an industry that have technology just kind of embedded in their DNA, and so how do you bring both along? In their, in their weaknesses. Yeah. I was trying very hard not to, yeah. <laughs> not to say the phrase, but <laughs> I could sense it. <laughs> it uh, you know, that's why we named it. <laughs> it comes in handy, <laughs> but yeah, you know, I, I think that's it's a great way to, to bridge the technology gap as well as the, um, the expertise, the, the real world experience there gap. Yeah. It's huge. Uh, so with all the move to digital, with COVID, do you, you think that it's going to last or as things start opening back up, will people slowly start slipping back into their, their habit? I think the longer it goes on, the, the better chance you have it of lasting, mm-hmm. but I mean, it's already been six months. So it's crazy. Uh, yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think it'll depend on, it'll depend on the, the industry somebody's in um, size of the company um, how well the technology they adopted performed during that time. Um, but I, I do think it's going to change a lot of people's perception of, of working remotely. Uh, but, but really it's, it's hard to, it's hard to be in construction and not be on site looking at things with your own eyes, mm-hmm. even with, um, all these great tools and things like that, getting on, on site, dealing with people, there's such a, um, it's such a people business as much as it is a, um, a building business, you know, building those personal connections and, and just seeing things that uh, as you're walking a site, it, it can be so beneficial. So I think, I think there'll be some, some yo-yo effect, but uh, I, I think there's going to be a, a, a bit more understanding of, not being on the site all the time or, you know, a little more flexibility, I guess, with that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think it's going to be really interesting to see what of the, the old way kind of comes creeping back in and, and what processes stick around and get latched onto. And then how do they, how do you blend the best of both worlds together? Yeah. it, It is super important to be on site, but there's tech that can enhance that uh, yeah. when you are on site that would be really handy to use and help streamline processes and kind of bridge the gap between office and field as well. Uh, yeah. Yeah. One of the, one of the cool things I, I think could be really beneficial for a lot of people. Um, but I do, I, I am a little, 
I guess it's a little a little bit concerning too at the same time as uh, virtual inspections. Oh yeah. <laughs> so inspections can be, you know, really time consuming and you don't know when really they're showing up and um, there's only so many inspectors out there. So reducing travel time on them and being able to, with video, walk them around a job site and have them inspect things, um, I think could, could be a pretty cool benefit in, in most cases. In some cases I do, you know, obviously inspections are very necessary and um, you don't want people playing games with, um, you know, structural inspections and things like that. Yeah. But in certain, certain cases, I think that, that could be a, a cool benefit. Um, there's been a lot of jurisdictions that have been um, a little more lenient on, on that kind of thing. And um, I think the ICC actually came out with uh, some recommendations for how to handle uh, virtual inspections on, on job sites. So that could be a cool, I guess, a little bonus Yeah. from all this. Yeah. Very nice. Well, what's a, a common myth about the construction industry that you'd like to debunk? Uh, I guess the joke answer was that we're not a bunch of like sloppy dudes, <laughs> steel beam cat calling women. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, it is funny that that, that perception is still stuck in some people's minds. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, I think it, I think it does happen still, which is, uh, just a little crazy, but, um, but it's, it's not, it's not all like that. There's some, there's really great people in the industry, really talented, um, nicest people you ever meet. Um, you know, that, that's a big one, but, uh, I, you know, building on that, I, I would say it's not just construction is so much more than just, um, trades and project management now mm-hmm. um you know we've got there's a whole industry of construction technologists there's robotics there's um anything you can think of it's in the construction industry which is which is cool so i think a lot of people um you know may not think about doing anything with construction in in fields that aren't aren't building something you're not a, you're not a carpenter um, or electrician or something like that. But, um, you know, we need those technology people. We need that influx of, of different pers- perspectives and, and, and things like that in the industry. And, and it's, it's, um, we're becoming more diverse and, um, especially with, uh, you know, getting more women in the trades and project managers and yeah, just, there's just a lot of, a lot of cool things happening. Bridging the Gap podcast is brought to you by Evolve MEP, MEP construction software for Revit. Evolve's MEP software for Revit makes project collaboration fast, simple, and more productive, which in turn significantly reduces project risk and cost. Born from the reality of a lack of available skilled labor in the industry, Evolve MEP has transformed the MEP detailer workflow. It's time for MEP to harness the Revit platform to offer seamless collaboration like no other software before. Visit EvolveMEP.com and let them know we sent you. Yeah, that tech part of the construction industry is always really fascinating to me that there, there's just so much more tech in the industry than what people are aware of, or I think even people inside the industry are, are aware of that the construction industry just doesn't really talk about the amount of innovation and the tech that's there 
you can do some cool stuff inside yeah. the industry and creating more awareness around and, and really success stories of sharing how people have pulled it off to make it come off the page and, and into the, the real world, have that social proof, I think is kind of the, the missing piece there. Um, but there's some, there's some cool stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and, and technology is such a broad term too. Like, like even prefab kind of, kind of things, prefab different me- building methods. Yeah. There's a, this is in England. Um, this company built a prefab factory on t- on top of their building and it with hydraulics, it raised the factory as they built the yeah. levels. Like, like that's cool. Like <laughs> I see that. It's mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> it's very cool. Yeah. Like I never would have thought of that. Who, who thinks of building a factory on top of a building you're building? Yeah. Somebody very outside the box. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess that would be considered technology, but you, you know, it's not, it's not all just tablets and smartphones and stuff like that. So. Yeah, definitely. So uh, what does innovation mean to you? Oh man, it's a, it's a, there's a lot, there's a lot going on. So, you know, obviously, obviously you have to, you have to change what you're doing a little bit to be innovative, but I mean, you talk about different materials. I mean, think about, we've been using wood, concrete and steel for hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a lot of people that are spending a lot of time and money trying to figure out how to reduce carbon footprint of concrete or, um, make, make things that are lighter, but stronger than steel. And, um, you know, how do we, how do we make wood more fire resistant or, um, more, uh, more eco-friendly using, using wood or, or even concretes and it takes a lot of heat to create Portland cement. So how do we reduce the heat that's, that, that needs to be created for that? So you have a lot of material innovation and then you have, um, you know, technology, technological innovation, a lot of apps and, and hardware for that. There's, um, we're changing the way people, people actually build things. There's so many companies building exoskeletons to, you know, to give you not really super strength, but um, even more strength. So you reduce that fatigue and long-term ailments from your back and your knees and your, your shoulders and things like that. Overhead work is, is grueling and you, you do that eight hours a day. I get some big arms, but uh, you know, a little help from a, from an exoskeleton. It doesn't help from Iron Man. It's not going to hurt. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You look cool too. <laughs> you're doing it. Um, you know, so you got hardware and software and, um, and then building methods. Like we talked about the people building um, a prefab shop above, of a, a site. There's also people doing like top down construction, which is a really cool thing. If you haven't seen that, you, you build, underground and above ground at the same time so you're digging as you're building up how's that work you so you you build like a a a foundation and then you you basically have a tunnel Uh like there's a there was a project in i think it's like australia i think i wrote about this a couple years ago um there's a high-rise building so trying to remember the exact details but you build like a, a structure around the base that allows you to, to build vertically. Yeah. And then as, as they're building vertically, you excavate uh, like a tunnel basically 
and, and you, it allows you to keep digging down. So if you go to a parking garage, so you keep digging wow. down, excavating, and then building the, the concrete up. So it reduces time um, overall in the project. Interesting. That's cool and terrifying all at the same time. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing. It's like, how did you think about that? And, and the, the, you know, the coordination of all that going into each other, how do you keep it safe and yeah. kind of stuff. That's so, you know, innovative methods. Um, and there's a lot of innovation is a lot. There's a lot of innovation going on in the construction industry. It's, um, and there's a lot to innovate. That's what's exciting. You know, we've been doing this build, people have been building as long as they've been alive or, you know, as long as humans have existed mm-hmm. and animals build. So, you know, as we evolve and come up with new and different exciting ways to, to do this generally to do the same thing, but in a different way and, yeah, you know, increase the speed and accuracy and for that. sure. Uh, looking out over the, the next couple of years, what's, uh, what's the most exciting thing for you about construction? Um, you know, kind of going back to AI, that that's really my, my most exciting thing because, Data is so important. I'm a data guy. I like to see, um, you know, overall trends, micro and macro data. Um, so how are we doing as an industry? You know, surveys can only tell you so much, but if you have data from thousands and thousands of different points, points of time and um, from different people, it's different from what people might give you on a survey. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they tell you what they perceive to be the truth. Whereas the data actually is, it, data is, is what it is. And you can interpret that data in different, different ways, but it's going to be interesting to me to see how, how data is being collected by tech companies and how it kind of shapes where we go. Um, mm-hmm. Another thing that's, you know, it's, could be a little big brothery. Um, you know, how, how do you, how do you control that big data? But we I'm excited be about too it. Far gone for that. Yeah, I know. I know. It's Google's it's, listening to everything already. <laughs> so, um, but you know, actually having something tangible in your hands to be able to to understand. I don't even know if we know where we're at right now as an industry. What what are the what are the standards? What is what are the um, what are the what is our basis of of information? What do we? There's some things probably out there that we just believed to be true that probably aren't because mm-hmm. we we don't we can't talk to each other a lot of us don't talk to our rivals um you know companies yeah. don't don't reveal their either inner secrets and how much how much they make or um how long it takes them to do certain tasks or or how they run their business but if you can get that macro data you don't have to know who's doing what but you you know the the um the benchmark yeah. for what you're trying to achieve. So, um, and then, you know, from a, from a micro standpoint on each one of your projects, you build a much richer data history. So you can, you can be more profitable, know where your, your deficiencies are uh, as far as schedule or time, you know, time for a task or, um, or, or money or th- something like that. So um, I just think there's, there's a lot to be, we have all that data in our, in our, in our files, our folders, and even in our, our computers, but actually doing something with that data is, 
is uh, I think is the most exciting thing for me. Yeah, very cool. Well, how do people get a hold of you or or sign up for Construction Junkie alerts? So you can go to uh, constructionjunkie.com. So I post um, post almost every business day, new story, um, tools, technology, safety, news. Um, you can sign up for my newsletter. It goes out every Monday. I don't spam you. Uh, it's right there. There's a uh, link on the on the top of the page there. And uh, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, all that fun stuff. So nice, awesome. Well, thanks so much for for coming on and joining the show. Yeah, thanks, Todd. Appreciate it. And thank you to all those listening. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software, at asti.com. You can listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. Until next time, I'm Todd Wyant, thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Hey, everybody. Starting a new segment here where I'm going to recap the episode and give you my top three highlights. So here goes from Shane's conversation. Number one, in order to move the industry forward, it is going to take all of our collective voices sharing the innovation and technology that is out there. It's up to all of us to get out of our bubbles and share the knowledge that we have. Don't be afraid to evangelize your favorite tech. Number two, construction is in a technology boom right now with the digital transformation well underway. It has only been accelerated over the course of this year. However, do not get complacent. We need a thirst for knowledge because as things are changing so fast, there is always something new to learn about the industry, the technology, and a whole lot more. The third point, we need to break through the old mindset of we've always done it this way. As part of this, we need to do a better job across the AEC industry in getting rid of silos and communication barriers. It's only once people come to the table to start talking with each other, to seek to understand the benefit for the other person, can we start to merge the best of the real world experience and technology, which will result in better ROI and greater efficiency. So in summary, I'm going to leave you with three words to recap. Share, learn, and talk. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you are interested in learning more, you can visit our sponsor, Applied Software, at asti.com for more information. You can also listen to this podcast anytime by simply going to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out our website, bridgingthegappod.com. Until next time, I'm Todd Wyant thanking you for joining us on the Bridging the Gap podcast. Keep innovating. Thanks for listening to the Bridging the Gap podcast. Enjoyed the episode? Leave us a rating or review while sharing with your friends and coworkers. I'd love to hear from you. Send me a LinkedIn request or follow our LinkedIn page and let me know if there's a topic you'd like to hear. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening. Bridging the Gap is directed by Todd Wyant, edited and produced by Eric Daniel. Bridging the Gap is an applied software production. Copyright Applied Software 2020.